Welcome to New Week, New Music, reviewing the hottest tracks with the hottest takes of 2020. My name is Brandon. I'm Eric. And I'm Ben. Each week, we're going to be looking at two albums released in 2020. Tonight, we are kicking things off with Eminem's Music to be Murdered by. It's a very good Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> and uh, after that, we'll be doing Circles by Mac Miller. All right, so Eminem had a... Uh, rough go of things in 2010. He made an album this year. Yeah. Um, did Eminem get off to a good start in the new decade? Um, I'm going to not use my lifelines and go with no. No. I'm going to go yes. Wow. Uh, well. This album was bad. It was terrible. This album I, sucks. I disagree. Oh, my God. Wow, oh, man. man. Really? Rough. <laughs> I thought we were going to come into this in agreement. And... Yeah, I I mean, it's better than Kamikaze and what was it, the other one you did? Revival? Like, I didn't even hate Revival as much as most other people did. I mean, it's still a bad album, don't get me wrong. I just thought it was like, uh, both Kamikaze and Revival were just really forgettable. And this one is just straight bad. I, yeah, by uh, by about the fifth song, I loathed this <laughs> album. I, I not only just wanted it to be over, but I... I was angry. It took me till like 15 to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's what, like 20 songs there's, on there's, album? there's 20 ins- tracks. There's 20 it's insane. too many like, tracks. Yeah, it is way too long. It is insane how too long it but is. But it's not that much longer than his recent stuff. A lot of his recent albums have been extremely long. And they've all been bad. They've all been terrible. The last n- good album he did was what? Marshall Mathers LP2? And what was that, 20? 13, I believe. But I'd actually never listened to that one, so I don't have a whole lot to compare this one to. But uh, yeah, that was 2013. So let me throw okay. out let me throw out three three opinions here. I will throw out my opinion on um, you know my my joke opinion, then my real opinion, and then just a, an opinion on on Eminem as a whole. So you know the kind of joke opinion here is that this this album really had three things going on. It had like anger going on. It had mass shootings going on, and it had grandpa clapping cheeks. Like those are the three themes of this album. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Uh, one thing uh, about this album that I, I did want to say is this album made me remember how much I hate album skits. I'm so glad those are dead for the most part, and I was so upset to hear them again. So that's what brings me to part number two. The serious take of this album is my problem is this is not an album. This is two albums. Half of this album is about shootings, it's about horror themes, it's about abuse. I mean, half of this album kind of fits with the whole Alfred Hitchcock thing. The problem is the other 10 tracks could be on a generic club album. And if he had taken the initiative to separate the two, I think I'd be a lot lot more keen on this. And I, I did like it overall. This is, you know, this is above a five out of 10 for me, but, but yeah, this definitely could have been two albums because thematically there were two albums here. About the best thing I can say about this album, in my opinion, is that it could have been a lot worse. Like, this album could have been so much worse than it was. Um, the production is good. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's Dre. Like, it's fine. Um, he has some really funny lines. My, my absolute favorite line, and it's, I think, going to, I will think of it as a classic M line, is I believe it was in the song Marsh. Uh, he said he's making money like Ed Sheeran, so call me the gingerbread man. 
What I heard that I it's did, also funny because he I does a song put, with Ed Sheeran God, on the same album. He needs to never make another song with Ed Sheeran. He needs to stop doing They're that. They're all terrible. So so I wrote that Ed Sheeran line down as well. And I wrote it down actually from an album perspective where I said, you know, I kind of like the fact that within one bar here, he references his step-parents and he references Ed Sheeran when these are both complete songs on the album. That said, if I follow that reference back to the Ed Sheeran song, I wrote down, oh my God, why the fuck would you do this? It's terrible. <laughs> God, that Ed Sheeran song, like, I know it's Eminem, but that Ed Sheeran song is Toxic Masculinity, the song. That song should like, have been written by 50 Cent. Yeah, that song yeah. was straight up bling era bullshit. Oh like, yeah. yeah, that was that song is the epitome of why everyone hates early two thousands rap. It's like I'm I'm in the club, but but by the club I mean the middle school dance because it's that fucking dated. Yeah, like, so so it, that that does bring me to Eminem and dated kind of in general is this is the the problem I have here is when Eminem is at his best is when he's got a chip on his shoulder when he's got something to prove and it just doesn't hit the same when he's universally acknowledged as a genius. Like, yeah. it's so hard for him to come out and do his best. When he's at his best is when he's showing you why he's so good. He's bringing the technical flows. He's he's explaining why he deserves to be recognized. And and it's like, but but Eminem, you are. Yeah, everybody thinks you're a you're a rap god. I mean, like like yeah, I, but if he did mention that he had a chip on his shoulder explicitly, he would probably say something about shrugging off a, a Dorito. You want to talk about chip on his shoulder? He mentions Machine Gun Kelly four or five times. Yeah, in he does. He does. I, I thought Eminem came out of that beef the winner, and now he loses. Like, yeah. Kill Shot was the better track, yeah. but Machine Gun Kelly clearly hit him where it fucking hurt because he's talking about him five times on this album. Right. Like, he's yep. so mad. Yeah. I, I, I just, I saw the album cover, and Your Beard's Weird is suddenly not a terrible diss. <laughs> like... God, it, it really validated that whole track. You go back, you well, listen to Machine Gun Kelly's diss again, it's like, oh, he had a point. Yeah. yeah. And um, another thing of uh, going off of previous Eminem disses is he spent significant parts of both uh, Revival and Kamikaze kind of dissing like this new age, I don't necessarily like saying it, but mumble rap. And yet he brings in Juice World and and a few other, like, mumble rappers on here. And... Rest it, in peace, you know. Yeah, rest in peace, Juice World. One of the best mumble rappers? Uh, I, I would Unironically, I, yeah, I, 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 I would agree with that. that. And actually, um, his feature, Juice World's feature, is, in my opinion, the best feature on this album. And can I, can I that's not... Quick? Uh, let me finish yeah. this up. Um, that's not saying a lot, because these features are bad. The features are terrible. Every single feature... Um, vastly overrides Eminem. Like, every single time there's a feature, featured artist on a song, it doesn't feel like an Eminem song at that point. Right. Uh, so I was going to say the features are really good because I just... So... Oh, my God. I, thought the <laughs> I cannot believe we're disagreeing this much. So, so hold on. So I, I don't disagree with you now that I've heard your full opinion. I thought the features were really good independently like they were good bars they were good verses i, I even yeah. wrote one of them down on um, no, um i will the the john wilkes booth and dead presidents line was money no the only but they totally overshadowed him yeah the only feature that i legitimately disliked was skylar gray's feature because she's been getting paid to do that same vocal feature for a decade now 
Every single time she's featured on a song, it's the same thing. Yeah. She, okay. I mean, so yeah, the, the features hurt the album, but but independent of the album, the features themselves were, were fun. I liked them. Most of the time, one of those came in is like, all right, it's got bars. There were a few decent verses. Um, it was nice to see Royce to 5'9 on at least three or four tracks in this album. He always had some decent verses. Fun fact about him, he's of average height. <laughs> God damn it. So, so um, if we're talking... That was actually really cool to see pretty much all of Slaughterhouse. Yeah, that was... So yeah. That, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, which brings us to the song that featured pretty much everyone from Slaughterhouse with I Will, which is one of my favorite... Um, Songs off the album, absolutely. Probably um, the best song of the album, and it was mediocre in my view. So uh, my my opinion for the best song of the album is "Darkness," um, and but I will say that song feels so incredibly out of place on this album. But I also think that's part of the reason why I like it so. So much. I'm really torn. Like, I knew we were going to get to "Darkness" because how could you do this album not listen to? It? So so here's my problem: is he gets into this headspace of this shooter, right? And, and this song is is really good. I think it's, I mean, if you're going to write a piece of music from the perspective of a mass murderer, I mean, it's tastefully done. Like, I, I, I really, really like this, except for the fact that in Unaccommodating, he talks about 9-11 and Ariana Grande bombing as throwaways and compares himself to them. And then he does it again on Yeah, Yeah, where he has more things comparing himself to a mass shooting. And it's like, the it's juxtaposition so, is in such bad taste. It's so tone deaf. Yeah. And kind of expanding on your point is this whole album is dealing with like, you know, murder, rape, uh, child abuse. And then you just have this one song that's a preachy political anti-gun song. It's like, it so does not fit. On He's all album. over the place. Eminem yeah. has never been able to coherently put his thoughts together. So, He's just... Everywhere at to, once. To, to come back to it, though, the fact that he talks about himself like, blowing up like spectators at an Ariana Grande concert, talking about himself like he's 9-11, talking about Columbine. Eminem's been talking about this shit forever. He's been talking about shooting kids in Columbine back on Rap God. I mean... I mean, he did it like way probably, before. Probably, like, he probably did that, in the like, 90s, I would imagine. Yeah, he did that like on his first album. This, so this is a theme that he... He uses a lot, and so oh, um, yeah, yeah. I, it makes darkness feel out of place compared to all the throwaways. Yeah, that, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, it's so weird to have Eminem take the to make this statement on a song where he like on an album where, like you said, he compares himself to Osama bin Laden and and like terrorists and John Wayne Gacy. Like, it it's like it feels so incredibly tone deaf and so bizarre. Um. That being said, I think if you look at Darkness completely separated from the album, just as the song, I think it's a, a really great song. Oh, absolutely. Um, I loved the ending where it's just all the uh, like uh, news reports of different shootings just over uh, over or interwoven between each other. I thought that was incredibly well done. You didn't like I, that? I didn't like that at all. Uh, and so so here's the, the, the reason I didn't like that is because I'm listening to this and... He starts going, and, and this is part of why I think this was such a well-crafted song, is at the beginning, I'm thinking this is all metaphorical. When I started listening to this song, I got about halfway through, and I'm thinking this is him throwing back to before he was sober, getting ready to go actually perform a show. And, you know, the, the gun references, of course, are metaphorical. And I get about halfway through, and I start to think, 
no, holy shit, is this a Mandalay Bay shooting reference? And then, like, you realize, like, oh, that's the whole entire song. This is definitely, and and I thought that was so well crafted that it took me, I mean, and maybe I'm just not listening close enough or something, but to me, that was super, I thought that was what made it so artistic, too, is it's, it's kind of almost like transforming from this headspace of like the musical artist to the show. Like it almost almost puts you in their shoes for a second. Like mm-hmm. very, very artistic, makes you think. And then the news reports kind of hit you in the head with a, a metal baseball bat. They're like, just in case you didn't get it, this is what the song was about. I mean, this, I didn't think there was much subtlety to this song at all. Although I do really like your interpretation that it's him like, because he does talk about like, getting high on Valium and uh, and getting drunk as hell, which... That's I mean, Eminem which is Yeah, which is obviously a throwback to before he got sober. So I do see that, but I didn't... It was never subtle to me. Like, it was it was pretty in your face what it was doing. Yeah, I, I might have just missed it, because, I, I mean, to me, he, you know, he talks about guns and stuff so much on the album that I was kind of ready for him to do that. So it, it took me a second to realize he was he was out of standard rap bravado, I'll call it, or whatever. So if we want to talk about another track on here that I thought uh, had to comment on In Too Deep as well. And that... Um, God, it's almost corny as hell. Maybe you guys didn't hear this, so I, I want to get your opinions and if you agree with me. This is a Kanye song. He's using the Kanye flow. It's on the soul beat. He has super corny Kanye-type lines of the... Something about selfish, you know. I wrote that's I, such a I Kanye made line. Call us Long John Silvers because we selfish. <laughs> but you can hear Kanye say that, right? God, there are some doozies. There on this are album. some man. Some of these lines on this album. I'm like the liar's pants. I'm on fire. That was another <laughs> one of my favorites. Uh, I, I want to do about a whole Mercedes second. and Benzos. I call my Mercedes a Benzo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote that one down too. Oh, um, they're great. Let's, uh, I, I think, think we I, ought to I, take I, some time and and let's just talk about some oh, of the lines on this um, album because there well, are some ones that I, I really like. It's the, the the closing line to uh, "You gonna learn," which I always reminded me of Kevin Hart. You gonna learn today. <laughs> Once again, kind of dissing like the new wave of like the this new era of rappers. I th- and I'm pretty sure this one was directed to people like Kobo Johnson and Blueface, where they're just like very off the beat. Uh, it's, um, it's like, how am I gonna diss someone so off the beat they can't find the kick and snare, and just completely? Off. I thought that was pretty well done. I love I that. Well, I had that written down as well. Yeah. I, I made a, I made notes on all twenty songs and on "You Go and Learn," which is apparently the third song of the album. Uh, I made the note: puns are getting a little old. <laughs> <laughs> that was on the third song of twenty. Yeah. This. Uh, when I I did three listens of this album this week, and by Jesus the, Christ. the third album, I was like losing my mind. I was like, I I hate this. I want this to be over. And every listen of this album I did, I put it down a rank on my list. Like every time I heard it, it got worse. So I uh, interestingly enough, I I wrote down here album has trended downwards the entire time, as in like. Yeah. This this album started, and literally every single song, I'm like, it started like, yeah, maybe this is like a 9 out of 10, and in the end, it's like, this is like a hard 5. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's it's interesting to me that it trended downward, like, song to song, it just got worse the whole time. And, like, by the time we got to Lock It Up or Farewell, I'm, I wrote down, 
both of those, these could have been cut. Like, there's just no... There's so much of this album that could have and probably should have been cut. On No Regrets, he uh, mentions that something about um, another Machine Gun Kelly line, but he sort of implied that Killshot wasn't a win. I'm like, how are you going to do yourself like that? And, and I also wrote down, Eminem, who is not in your corner at this point? Well, like, it, it fits in with the with the kind of the victim complex of this whole album of you know complaining about the media. He's now complaining about criticism. Three albums complaining about music reviewers not liking his music. Uh, he's done that. I think it's been more. I mean, he's been doing I mean, it the last, it's, over the decade. It's the probably. last yeah. three albums have yeah. just been about like nobody likes my music anymore. They don't. They want the old M back. It's like, like well, we do want the old M back because the old M made good music. You know, at least old interesting. Old M made music. great music. At least it was interesting. Like, if it wasn't quality, it was at least if, something to talk about. If you about. told me that like uh, the Eminem show or Marshall Mathers LP were, in your opinion, the greatest rap album of all time, I would I would respect that opinion. I wouldn't agree, but I would respect. I, would, I wouldn't agree, but I, I mean, to me, the Marshall Mathers LP is probably top five. All time. I mean, Lose it's, Yourself is one of the greatest rap tracks I ever. I think that is the greatest rap track ever. Like, I know it's been memed to death. But it's but that good. It's a, it's, it's a it's phenomenal song. Yeah. yeah. So, to... Interesting point here, too. I, I think the problem is, is what he's talking about, too, though. Because, I mean, like, for example, Godzilla, I believe, has his fastest rap ever. God. Yes. The end what? of Godzilla Why? was... And that's uh, one, uh, one of the few things uh, that's good, I suppose, about this album is he does showcase his technical abilities but one thing that like i mean eminem that's about it eminem has always been lauded for his technical ability but even like in his early days he was never like i'm gonna rap so much faster than everyone else when did that really become a thing for him rap god was the first time and when he ran out of ideas (laughs) but it's not even like he yes he raps really fast and it's technically impressive but when he's rapping really fast it kind of sucks except in rap god and even then, there's like some questionable lines during that that breakdown where he goes just off well, the rails. Well, you wouldn't go see you know a symphony orchestra to watch them play scales really fast, and that's kind of how I feel about this. Uh, I don't listen gonna, to yeah. You know why are you gonna hate on symphonic metal like that? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert for next week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some more lines because I feel like there's yeah, more stuff to think, discuss. I here. think I've got all of the the lines I wanted to mention. The um. Some of, I will mention that some of the beats as well in this album were just downright weird. They sounded like something you'd hear um, from a, a YMCMB bullshit. It was uh, they didn't sound even the, like the beats were not great. There was a lot of like really recent trap instrumentation on here, which once again I thought was really weird because he's kind of been dissing that for the past few years. He has, I mean, and to come out with a, a pretty heavily, like clearly heavy trap influenced album was weird. Yeah. I like it though. I, I, I appreciate that. I mean, so from, from a beat standpoint, I did make three notes on this. Um, the ones I, on You Gonna Learn, I liked the beat a lot. I liked the beat a lot on Leaving Heaven as well. And I really, really did not like the beat on Never Love Again. And it, it's a good beat, but... Um, God, that song, the only note I have for Never Love Again is this song's just boring. I, I had a... I really don't like Eminem on Soul Beats. He he needs the cheesy Dre. He does bangers. It, oh, it typically, work. yep. His old beats just sound like you know it's a Dr. Dre beat that got run over by a bus. And, and that's, that's how they should be. And that's how they should be. It's perfect for him. These beats uh, did not fit with him. Um, he did. Uh, he actually talked about one of his beats on Godzilla. He said this beat is cray cray. 
No, it wasn't. It I, was, I, I it thought was the, pretty... the, the beat was idiotic. That's what I thought. Yeah. And I would say Godzilla is definitely one of the better songs on the album. That's one Juice of the few I might go back to. It's the only song that has a chance of like making a playlist for me. Juice World's uh, chorus is really good. And I was never a huge uh, Juice World fan. I, I do think he is one of the better, or well, was one of the better rappers of the, of the current scene. But this is definitely I, the, my favorite song of his. So, so what's and the, it's not even his, really. What's the general consensus on this Anderson Pack guy? Waste of Anderson Pack. That was I, very disappointing. I love Anderson Pack. What a waste of a uh, chorus. His, his album last year was quite possibly my hip-hop album of the year. So I'd never heard anything from him, so I wrote down, this sounds like Bargain Bin Kendrick. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they are very much cut from the same cloth. But, but okay, if you're saying, so, so this was not par for the course for this guy. No, Anderson Pack is dope as fuck. Okay. If you haven't uh, heard his last two albums, you really do. So I will be checking that out for sure. Uh, so you mentioned tone deafness earlier with regards to the shootings. Yeah. I, can I can I mention another instance of tone deafness on this uh, album? If you let me mention, because I got one more too. Uh, you go after me. So he writes this whole stepdad song oh, this about is domestic what I abuse, was gonna say. and then immediately goes into "Never Love Again," "Farewell," and all this stuff, and basically makes himself out to be at least a borderline, if not more, domestic abuser. What I was gonna say about uh, stepdad is, how are you gonna make a song about child abuse? And make it sound like a club banger. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to be in the club getting down hearing about this kid killing his dad with a with a baseball bat. Yeah, speak for yourself. <laughs> like, That's so Eminem, though. Oh. It, it is so Eminem, and and and. and and the tone deafness, I would complain about it, but that's that's what I expect from Eminem. Tone deafness is what has defined his entire career. And no, it, being edgy more so than tone deafness. But it's both. This it's is both. a fair a fair segue though, because I think this album was very par for the course for Eminem. I think I think the you know the the immaturity on it and all this stuff are things we like about him. The technical ability was there, and long albums I think are an Eminem thing too. And and to to talk to album quality, I don't think Eminem's ever been an album guy. That's true. I think he's always been more of a throw the pasta at the wall and a couple bangers are going to stick, but I don't think he's ever necessarily crafted a piece of art, which is why I was a piece of art as an album, as in the whole album is supposed to be digested together, which when he picks this theme, he adds the interludes, I thought, oh, he's going for an album, and then he wasn't. Yeah, that was my biggest point, besides from how terrible album skits are with, uh, all the, the Alfred Hitchcock uses is it's he builds up this whole album to be like it's a horror movie but an album which uh, can be really cool some of my um, uh, favorite albums of the last years would fall into that category but there was not no overarching story or theme really from this whole album outside if you completely took out all like the Alfred Hitchcock parts there'd be nothing that screamed horror movie to you about this. I agree that the, the Hitchcock parts felt really out of place and just kind of thrown in there for as some kind of uh, really kind of weak way to tie the album together. They 20 didn't. is a round number for track list. That's a good point. Yeah. But I think we can't talk about this album without talking more about the awful puns that, that were everywhere in this album. There yeah, were awesome. so, yeah. what, so what are, many what are of some them. of your puns? Because there were a lot. There were a lot of puns. I wrote down a couple of them. You know, uh, it certainly wouldn't do the whole thing justice, but 
there were some lines that definitely stood out uh, for me in uh, Marsh, which is might be the worst track in the album. It's definitely up it's there. It's got some of the funniest lines. It does have some of the funniest lines, though, um, where he says, my name is Martian. I'm out of this world. Um, <laughs> one of the lines that stu- stood out, he says, um, all of you can suck my penis. I do the opposite. I eat your pussy like cunnilingus. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I, I did. I did like uh, that one. Now I, I just want to sit him down and say, Eminem, eating pussy isn't like cunnilingus. So it is cunnilingus. <laughs> that is one. That is the definition. Uh, what was it like? Triumph the puppet dog. He references that in another <laughs> Wait, song. Did, did you Did you guys notice that I one? No, that I was missed in, that, that one. That was in the Skylar Gray song, Leaving Heaven. Oh, that might. Be he re-references it. Triumph the puppet dog. God, that which is he, a throwback. It's a throwback. If you remember, um, he the other song he referenced Triumph the puppet dog was in Ass Like That. Um, and I'm sad to say this song is certainly no ass like that. <laughs> it's sad when ass like that is the gold standard in a comparison, <laughs> but that's what this album I think is done. So it, it may ass like that's too. not that bad. I don't, it might be just cause I have this album in my head it's right now. It's a terrible song, I'm, but I love it. And I'm like thinking better of that song than it actually is. Cause it has probably been like 10 years. Oh, it's horrible, but it's, but, but, but it's a great, it's a great horrible Eminem song. This is just horrible, horrible Eminem. So he, in, in Leaving Heaven, since you mentioned that song, he takes shots at Macklemore. Why? Oh yeah, that's I, like I vaguely remember that line. Macklemore's so wholesome. Why are you gonna take shots? And at also, because he's Eminem. And also, like no one's thought of Macklemore in five years. What has he been doing? <laughs> Nothing. I really like Macklemore. I've been sad that I haven't heard anything from him recently. I don't hate Macklemore, um, but I meant myself. I really, really, really like Ryan Lewis's production. Yeah, Ryan Lewis and Macklemore is adequate for those beats. Yeah, but yeah. Um, why are you gonna be dissing Macklemore, someone who's just been completely irrelevant for? I mean, at Eminem least five dissed years. Christopher Reeve for being <laughs> a paraplegic. <laughs> I mean, but that's at least edgy. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a quadriplegic. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, I mean, like, like, what was the point there? Uh, this album, uh, kind of going off what you were saying earlier, this album does kind of feel like a throwback to old M that I think people claim they wanted, but it's just, it's just not very good. So in, in the Ed Sheeran song, those kind of, you meant toxic masculinity and stuff, like, it was a bold strategy to practically me too yourself in 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, Yeah. I mean, he's been doing his. And whole I'm just career. thinking, like, this is a 50 yeah. year old singing about clapping cheeks. Like, yeah, yeah. Dude, no. I do not want to hear about Grandpa's dick. M, I know you're never going to hear this, but on the off chance that you do, from a, a lifelong fan, please stop making music with Ed Sheeran. If, <laughs> if nothing else happens, if I never get an Eminem and Ed Sheeran song ever again, it, I, I'll be happy. Like, I, w- I will be so happy if I never hear them together ever again, or have to read the names Eminem and Ed Sheeran next to each other ever again. Unless Converse. it is Eminem slaughters Ed Sheeran at his house. Yeah. If you want to diss a white boy, Ed Sheeran. Yeah. I would totally listen to an Ed Sheeran diss. Yeah. I would. That would be hilarious. How are you going to diss Macklemore and then... And then have Ed fucking Sheeran feature on three consecutive albums? Oh, Jesus. Uh... 
continue to feature Royce, though. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Every bit of him on this yeah, album, yeah. I wanted more of him. Yeah, Royce the was the best person on this album. I gotta listen to something solo from him. Uh, all of his features are always great, so I'm hoping his his own music is that good, too, because high points on the album. Yeah, every, yeah, every single one of them was was a high point. And also, to, to bring up the Slaughterhouse track, uh, you know, Red Rum, the Shining reference, mm-hmm. that was like the first little hint of an actual, like, Alfred Hitchcock It's like, oh, thing. we're gonna do a concept album now. It's the second to last <laughs> song of the album, and the last one is a 30-second Alfred Hitchcock outro. Were those really Alfred Hitchcock? No. Okay, good. I didn't think so, but I was like, well, just in case. I'm, I'm just going through the, tr- the track list again, and... I've gotten through pretty much everything I, I had to say about yeah, most of these. Uh, there, there's I, some general comments about the album, if we're not done with that. Uh, Flow-wise, he, of course, kills it. Yeah, I'm so glad he, for the most part, he still brings it a couple of times now, but he just got rid of that really annoying staccato flow he's prominently used the last few albums. I'm so glad that's gone. Yeah, classic M flow yeah. all over this. Yeah, his, his flow was good. I mean, and honestly, the the content was it was old Eminem content, like. But it just it hits so much differently now that he's fifty years old. Sure, I mean, but but that said, I would rather him do that than this. I mean, this album is definitely better than his last two. Um, yeah, I can huge step up. I mean, that's not saying a whole lot, but I mean, it, it's it's something. This album, while not good, was not terrible. It certainly wasn't forgettable. So so let's let's get into it then and, and fight over this because I like the album. I I was bored around track fifteen out of twenty, but but for what I want from an Eminem album, this this delivered for me. It, it's just, it it's just not good. It does on paper check all those boxes that you want from M that M that kind of got him big back in the day, but it's just not good anymore. Like like this is how I feel. Non Metallica fans received Hardwired. Yeah, I can see Like, that. if you're a hardcore Eminem fan, this is a pretty good album to you, I think. How do you guys feel about this being the highest rated album of all time on Metacritic right now? I mean, it's going to go down. It's <laughs> That's recency bias. That's that's recency bias yeah. coupled with some of the things we talked about here. The return to the classic flow, the return to the classic topics. I mean, I, I think for the most part, this is something people want. I wanted it. Um... I didn't want what I got, but I. It's I, like I, the monkey pod. This I, I is exactly yeah, what I asked it's, it, for. Exactly, it's yeah. what I, I when I when I heard he dropped a new album, I was I was excited. I, I now that made me happy. Um, so I, I I am glad he's still making music. Um, I just wish he didn't make music like this. See, but that's the thing is I. What are you, you gonna tell Eminem to make more mature music? I don't. It doesn't even need to be more mature. It just needs to be better. Yeah. I, but but how how is he gonna be better without being more mature? Oh, I, I don't know. You can. There's tons of great immature music. Look at his early stuff. Oh, look at Bloodhound Gang. They made a whole career out of it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, so bef- before we get into the final summary thoughts, um, anything else anyone wants to mention about I, the album? I, I, I've said everything I have to say about this album. So, so okay, is this just Eminem or is is 9/11 an acceptable reference now? Well, they, they, say you, you, they say you can't make fun of a tragedy unless it's, unless it's 18 years and seven months that, since it happened. That I think that's what they say. I don't know. I mean, in the internet age, I mean, people roast anything the second it happens, so. I mean, like, to be fair, I was I thought that was significantly less distasteful than the Ariana Grande lines. 
Yeah, that that one was. I bad. found those to be extremely bad taste. Yeah, that that was bad. Even for even for edgy M M&M, and M, those were and, and even the Mandalay Bay stuff I was okay with because at least in darkness he took a serious look at it. The Ariana Grande lines were just. He basically made fun of Ariana Grande for having, for being the victim of a terrorist attack. And like, yeah, we've talked about this before. I really don't like Ariana's music, but I am so over people hating on her. She doesn't make bad music. She makes. She makes pop music. Like, no, it, it, again, yeah, not for me. People that are shitting on her have absolutely no reason to do that, and I'm so tired of that. Yeah, I mean, she just, for a little bit, took over the mantle of the the artist for people to hate. Like, Oh, yeah. Like, it was like Justin Bieber, Jonas Brothers, for a time, like, going back, and Ariana Grande had it for a time for whatever reason. Yeah, um, I, I don't have anything more to say. This album was was not great. Um, was not complete without was not completely without merit, but I do look forward to never having to hear it again. I won't listen to the album again. I will probably listen to some of these tracks again. I could see myself picking up Darkness, Godzilla, maybe one or two others. The the Slaughterhouse was it I will I think. Yeah, that one I, I'll probably listen to again. Little Engine was kind of fun. Uh, I mean. So yeah, but but that's kind of I, I cherry pick Eminem albums to begin with. So this this does it for me in that sense. And that really, I just want him to release a bucket that I can pick two or three good tracks out of, throw it on my Eminem playlist. He's gonna have the most fire greatest hits album of all time when he finally hangs it up. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> I mean, but really, yeah. So so yeah. Final thoughts, Ben. Yeah, um, I will say this um, on a more serious note. Post. Kendrick Lamar, post, you know, To Pimp a Butterfly, Mad City. Listening to stuff like this is, it's kind of painful. Because, you know, uh, with Kendrick's recent stuff, he kind of introduced a more serious, you know, concept album, really dedicated approach to making albums. And I just, when you listen to something like this, the the difference is just stark. Um, It really shows you, you know, the different approach and how, I just don't know if Eminem is capable of doing anything like that. I know he's never been much of an album person to begin with, but listening to this, it's like, you know, he needs to step his his game up, I think. So is this, yeah. is this to make sure I, I'm understanding you correctly, is this kind of the same thing where if I go back to, like, some of the original great rappers that started the whole thing and they're saying a hippity, a hoppity, and it's like, I don't want to hear that now? Are, are you saying... Eminem's edgy kind of set has gotten to that point with with people like Kendrick bringing I, other. I do think the rap scene has kind of left Eminem behind. Eminem still is, and will always be one of the greats. Um, I don't think anyone anyone that knows what they're talking about can't deny that. Oh, absolutely. Nobody yeah. that knows what they're talking about says Eminem's not one of the greatest to ever do it. I mean, yeah, easily one of the best ever for sure, undeniably. But yeah, uh, that's that's fair enough. I mean, when did when did his first stuff come out? He's, uh, late nineties, probably late nineties, right? I mean, his yeah. first yeah. full album was ninety nine. Oh. Even he had a few mixtapes. So so, that. so we're, we're twenty years past this now. I mean, yeah. When, when if he came out in ninety, he's literally in his fourth decade of work right now. Like, yeah, he's been doing this forever. And the fact that there's even some stuff on here be like, like, like honestly, I think. I think darkness does kind of fit into that new style a little bit. That was super interesting. If he'd done seven tracks like that. It, I think if he had done this album of like actually rapping from the eyes of like a serial killer or a mass murder like that, that, that could be like a concept album I think M is capable of that I would be excited to hear. And I kind of wish that's what this album was. 
Uh, no, I think you made a really good point there, Ben. That it's not, it's maybe not even necessarily a bad album if it comes out in 2002 or, or you know, 2010 even. It's it's maybe just, yeah, maybe the, the rap game has just evolved past this. You've gone more commercial with the mumble rap stuff or or some of the guys like Kendrick that are being more classic are are more devoted to album craft than song craft at this point. And, and yeah, maybe this is just, maybe he's, he's kind of past his, past when the audience is there for this kind of an album. Mm-hmm. I had not thought of that, but... I, I completely agree. And this doesn't mean Eminem can't make good music. Uh, I still think he can. Um, and there, there is some music on here I did like for all the colossal shitting I just took on this album. I, I did like some some parts, but I, I don't know if he's capable to put out like a modern... Yeah, I mean like, so last week when, when I was kind of shitting on Poppy, I mean, this was at least good nature. This is like ribbing an old friend versus like I didn't see the merit here. I mean... Yeah, I have so much higher expectations for Eminem. Yeah, I mean, like, this and is... I, I thought this was still a good album. It's just, when, when somebody's that legendary, you expect them to do a great thing every time they put something out. Or it's mm-hmm. or it's a little bit of a letdown. And and, and a really good album, or just a, a good album, can be a letdown from somebody who's capable of redefining a genre. All right, moving on to just a motherfucking kid from Pittsburgh with Mac Miller's posthumous album circles. I will preface everything I'm about to say. I am a huge Mac Miller fan. Honestly, uh, his kids mixtape came out while we were, what, freshmen in high school, I think? I think, yeah, yeah I was that, never, yeah. That, was, so. that album, or well, mixtape, I should say, is what got me into rap music. Like, before that, there was only, like, a couple of, like, rap songs that I enjoyed, but after hearing early Mac Miller, I really, that's when I really started like actually listening to rap and hip hop music. So I was incredibly excited for this album. Uh, also very scary because most posthumous albums that have come out recently have been total cash grabs and just kind of sad. But just in general, they're a bad, bad news usually. Yes. But in my opinion, this album fucking slaps. This album, this is my favorite album that we've heard so far. I would agree with that. Um, of everything, um, I was very um, pleased with how this album came out, and uh, and it, and relieved as well. You know, considering you know the really tragic circumstances of it, um, I certainly um, liked what I heard, and I was I was pleased by it. So I don't know that I've ever heard a Mac Miller song before this. I, I'm kind of in the same camp. I probably have, but um, uh, Brandon's really the only one here who has any familiarity with him. So for me, this was kind of a glimpse into someone I'd. I wasn't really. So let me let me take you on my my journey through this album. So I, I actually listened to both albums back. Well, to first back. of all, how how did you generally feel about it? Oh, I, I love this album. Okay. So so I, I started. I, I listened to these albums back to back. So I, I got all the way through Eminem, and I was, oh Jesus, I was <laughs> bored at the end of Eminem. So I put on Mac Miller, and uh, so the you know the title track Circles comes on, and I'm just like, yikes, oh God, this is bad. I just thought, oh Jesus, I'm about to, this is gonna be bad. And so, I, okay, whatever. And so I keep listening. And around song three is like, okay, I, I think I kind of understand this album at this point. Like I, I started off, I really, really didn't like the music. I really didn't like his vocals. Around track three though, I, I think I I kind of understand the album. Yeah, uh, track, that'd be good news, right? Uh, that is Blue World. Blue World. Oh, Blue World. Third, yeah, so, okay. so Blue World comes out and it's like, okay, I get this album now. I understand it. I'm, I'm kind of vibing with it. 
And I get to, and I keep listening. I get to song six, which, oh. Everybody. Everybody, nah. Yes, everybody. And I, it's like, okay, this is an extremely well done album if he can keep it up. The first six songs, I'm like, wow, this is extremely cohesive. This is great. Can it go though? So I get to song 11, which uh, I, I, I did not write down track names. And it's Surf like, is the name of that Surf? track. Okay. And, and so I'm not bored yet. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty good with the, the slight detour of, I will say, for me, this album was kind of a vibe. Like This album was a total vibe check. And so yes. 9 and 10, which would then be That's On Me and Hands Broke I My Immersion a Little. Love, I, I loved the waltz on That's On Me. I, loved I thought that, that was Those so two tracks good. I thought were phenomenal. I, I agreed. I love those tracks. But but they did. They, they snapped me out of it a little bit. And so I said, okay, that's there. And, and I, said, I wrote down, they're almost an album lowlight, but track highlights. And that... They, they 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 shook my vibe a little bit, but then so then I, I keep going. I get through surf. I get through once a day, and it's just like wow, this was great. This was a fifty minute album that felt like twenty minutes. Yeah. And 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 at this point, it's like this. I'm actually like I get to the end of this, and I'm actually sad that I'm not going to get the chance to hear new music from this. This guy. this album broke my goddamn heart. And then for, for, for a few reasons. It, and we'll we'll come back to that. Okay. Let, me, let me just loop around here real quick just to finish it off. So I finished the album. And I just let it loop. And so I go back to circles. And I, I started listening to it again immediately. And I got about halfway through it again before I stopped to do something else. Not because I was bored of it yet, but just to do... But when I got through it the second time and looped back around, I did not hate the vocals anymore. Because I, I had some pretty strong dislike the first track or two. And as I looped back around and started going through it again, the appreciation was that I really liked it the second time. So, I mean... At that point, there was nothing on this album that was really a low point for me. Yeah, this, uh, like I said, this album, it just completely broke my heart for a few reasons. I mean, one, like, the whole focus of this album is him with his, battling his depression, his demons, and all. And one thing that um, I've noticed on, God, I've, I've listened to the song Good News probably 15 times yeah. since it came out. Um, Absolutely my favorite track, of, uh, song of the year so far. Uh, but one thing that I noticed uh, when I was listening to it on my second album is when he gets uh, to the line, like, there's so, uh, there's so much waiting for me on the other side. He only says on the other side the first time he says, there's so much more for me waiting. So every time he says that after that, he just, there's so much more for me waiting. And that really hit me. I don't know if it's just me looking too much into it but it seemed like the song was about him getting over his demons um, winning his fight with depression and drug abuse and addiction and to hear it after he died is brutal it, it's brutal so i wrote down for for good news um and I, I think we can probably all agree like an extremely kind of happy-go-lucky person i'm been very blessed not to really deal with any kind of mental health issues at all or anything like that. I, this does not resonate with me personally, but goddamn, does this resonate with people? Like, mm -hmm. even this is coming from somebody who is a a genuinely happy person. I think like th these, this is not something that reaches to me just because of you know how how my life is, but. But man, even even at that, I can hear this come through, and I had to write down some about how much this resonates with people because it's like, it's so, it's it's so obvious and and just 
it out there and, and blatantly like, wow, yeah, emotional right there. Even if you don't necessarily emotionally connect, you can at least, you know, sympathy versus empathy kind of thing. This doesn't jar my empathy so much just because of who I am, but it jars my sympathy so much. It's like, ooh. Kind of going off of that, like uh, my year that I spent uh, living in Denver where I was, you know, I, I was totally alone. Like I didn't, I didn't have any friends there. And I, I definitely, you know, dealt with some shit. And God, it, it, it definitely brought back, or like, brought back some of those emotions. But like in a good way, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like it. Bittersweet almost. Yeah. Like it really like if. Oh, like, wow! If this I got album, through that. If yeah. this album existed back then, I w- it would have, it, yeah, check kick uh, ticked all of those boxes of like what I was dealing with at that time, and. Yeah, it, it and it was it was a pretty powerful for me. Like I know in Fantano's track reviewer, it brought him to tears. Has been memed to death because the internet's a terrible place. But it it, it really did. Like I, when, the first time I heard it, I I was very moved with the song, and I was just so happy that it was a good album. Yeah, um, yeah. I was. And, I think we all. Yeah, we're in the same boat. I was, was extremely. Was that your favorite song? Then, and or? yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I actually wrote down that's my favorite track of the album. Uh, so, that was the one so that, that stood out to quick, me. Yeah, uh, I, I wasn't aware that it was that the single that was released. Yeah, that, that was the I actually I wanted to go into it not knowing what the single was, and I, you know, that was the track that kind of stood out to me out of all of them, um, and is the one I selected for my favorite. Real quick though, sh- uh, shout outs to John Bryan, who was the producer for this, and he did pretty much the entire album because at least from what I've heard, uh, Mac passed away shortly after they completed the vocals. So he did pretty much all of the instrumentation himself. Yeah, the instrumentation is so, very good. Um, very minimalistic. It is. Very, really, really Very well tasteful, uh, very respectful, but also very interesting. So, um, I think they did a really good job um, uh, just mixing it all together. So instrumentation brings me to, I actually, Good News was not my favorite song on the album. It was. Uh, so my favorite song was Blue World. I just, yeah. I love the vibe on it. Um, Second favorite was probably Hands, and I, I also indicated uh, Woods. Yeah. I loved the production on Woods. It was, uh, you know, the little kind the of synthesizers, yeah. And synth- yeah. It, it was just yeah. great. Oh, um, um, so there was oh, there's a ton of great synth lines on this album. Yeah, just so much. Production's excellent. I mean, and and I think my my differing opinion there probably again just comes from slightly different personality and stuff like that. It is kind of funny that you mentioned Hands as being one of your favorite because that was probably my least favorite track. Really? The Interesting. I just, that, heh, eh, heh, yeah. eh, was really That's annoying. true. That, that so, was a little weird. So I wrote that down as jarring, but but I wrote it down in the context of that would have been jarring without That's On Me before it, where, you know, I said both of those broke my immersion a little I, bit. I had the exact same impression, yeah. Coming Tell out me of Hand Me that. Downs, yeah. That's On Me that? was a hair jarring, and then Hands would have been jarring, except Hands on Me had already broken it a little bit. And so I actually, I think, you know, arrangement-wise, that was a great place on the album for that track. Right at the end, right as I'm starting to, you know, I need something to kind of re-interest me, to keep me engaged for the final little bit here. Once a day, excellent closer. I mean, beautiful Mm -hmm. closing track. But but to to bring me back in for that that ending there, it kind of... It almost worked to, to wake me up a little bit. I, it's funny you had that experience because I had the exact same experience with this album. It was really solid, but after about song four or five, my, and, and this is my only complaint about the album, 
like we said, it's kind of a vibe album. I felt like... It's almost like an ambient music album. It is kind of like an ambient, and I, and I love the continuity. I love that the album works as an album. I love that there's a theme. Um, after a little while, though, I started to think that every song kind of had a pretty similar feeling to it. It was all very melancholy and a little bit depressing. Um, and every song kind of had almost the exact same feel. But then we get to That's On Me and Hands, which, you know, certainly were melancholy, certainly were depressing songs, but they, like Eric said, they kind of woke me up a bit. They got me back into it. Um, that's on me with the with that, the waltz, the 6-8. That's on me eight. my favorite yeah. instrumentation. Beautiful, just on, beautiful. Uh, and and almost, uh, in a way, darker even than a lot of the other tracks. That one really that was just, uh, for some reason. And then Hands, um, the chord changes on Hands were phenomenal because... They, whatever the, the they were doing with the key signature, every time there's a chord change, at first it sounds almost kind of bright and upbeat, but not in a happy way. Kind of yeah. in a way that just like unsettles you just a little bit. And I was really impressed by by hands in that regard. Yeah, I, I, that just speaks volumes, I think, to the quality of this album. That we have two people here that listen totally in a vacuum and never heard Mac Miller before and came to a very similar experience coming out of like. Man, they crafted this so well. The, Especially that we sit down yeah. and, and not only do we agree on the quality of the album, but we had the same experience yeah. listening. Yeah, that's cool. It's yeah. like, man, they did a good job. Yeah, this was from top to bottom a beautifully crafted and well done album. So, so on Hand Me Downs, God, I love that song. It, uh, great song yeah. is the feature Borrow Sora. I'm almost certainly mispronouncing that. God, I loved his voice. He had a beautiful voice, and that's actually another kind of example of what Eric and I were just talking about with something that does kind of reawaken you, uh, snap you out of the kind of the malaise of the album, which yeah. I say malaise in a good sense um, because that's what they were going for. But yeah, the the guest singer, and I, yeah. I, he's I, really the only feature. I think he's the only album, feature as far it? as I'm okay, aware. So yeah. that was a feature? Yeah. I, yeah. So Spotify didn't have anything that said it was a feature, so I actually wrote, is this him singing? or no. is this? <laughs> Yeah, it was, it's uh, yeah. Baro Sora. Okay. Um, that, yeah. He, he wasn't, Featured on Spotify, but he it was a feature. Yeah, I know it sounded different. I, I obviously didn't say it on the title, but yeah, I had the same impression. I loved the juxtaposition of, because Mac Miller's voice is very uh, slurred, very uh, kind of mumble, uh, a little drony. Um, and then you had the really crisp, clear-cut uh, vocals of... Uh, Borrow. Borrow, yeah, which I thought meshed really, really well. So I'm so glad to hear that, because I, I, I heard that song, and I almost, I'm sitting here thinking, I mean, because obviously... You can't listen to this without the context. If he passed away, you know, mm -hmm. are, are these iPhone recordings? Is this a is this a demo that they somehow shoehorned in, or is this somebody else, or what's going on on this song? Because that's a huge complaint from me for this album is the fact that man, they should have just put a feature or something on there, and then I wouldn't have been spending that song <laughs> thinking about what's going on here. Great song, but yeah, that was I, I would have liked to to be informed a little bit there just because that's, that's more of like on spotify because everywhere else i've seen that song it says featuring borrow it wow really yeah but it doesn't say it on spotify thanks spotify what the hell man <laughs> okay no I, i'm really glad to hear that because the fact that that's a feature fixes that was really my complaint on the whole album was wow that's if, if that's really mac that doesn't sound <laughs> that does, right that sounds so weird and so no that's that's that helps the album. Really, like, my geez. only complaint about this whole album is sometimes um, the vocals feel a little unfinished, and that's probably because they are unfinished because he died. And it's yeah, I mean, there's no there's not very many times I felt that, but there 
There were a couple of times, and I, I know I wrote them. Oh, on um, I can see, I think is uh, where I felt that the most, where it just felt a little unfinished. I don't know. I, I, I pretty strongly disagree with that. I don't. I don't think it it like ruins it or takes it away. But th there are just sometimes it the vocals felt a little unfinished. Um, but like I said, they probably were unfinished. And then that might be coming from somebody who has more history with Mac Miller than me. Not being super familiar, being pretty new to his voice, his style. I I didn't really pick up on anything I thought felt out of place. And and yeah, fair enough. Production. There is no replacement for a good take. Yeah. If this album made it to where uh, you know when he passed, that's that's all you've got. You know. Yeah. You, you, you can't have do anything that more at that point. So. Uh, yeah, if you don't have the perfect take, then you're not going to get it. Fair enough. But I, I actually, I completely disagree with that. I had nowhere on this album did it take me out from the vocal performance perspective, except on Hand Me Downs, which was misinformation on my part. So my complaint with the album, uh, besides that one track that I now disregard, um, was there wasn't much I see myself listening to here outside of the context of an album. I mean, Blue World, maybe, yeah. Hands, maybe, but that was kind of, so the, the, this to me was a really, really, really good album. Doesn't quite make a great album for me because to me the most, maybe the most interesting part of it is the fact that it's posthumous. I mean, there was no song on here that's like, that's a playlist song. The, the only song that I would say would be a playlist for me was Good News. That's, um, but for every other song on the album, I feel like you need to hear it in context with the album, which in my opinion is a compliment. I, I pretty much only listen to albums. I don't really mm -hmm. do playlists too often. I don't, it's pretty rare. I'll just be like, oh, I re really want to hear that song. I pretty much only do albums. So if you're an album listener, this is, this is almost perfect. Yeah. This is pretty close to flawless if you're not, if you're an album, I, I wrote this down somewhere like, uh, yeah, not a lot of songs I would listen to on their own, but goddamn if this isn't an album in caps, you know, this is an album. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't tracks, it's an album. I think that's rare. I don't think it that's, you know, yeah. it, we're such a, a streaming era, you know, clicks it, era. It's. It's, Putting yeah. out a piece of art like that is so yeah. not how it not how art is made. Now I, I shouldn't say a piece of art because there's artistry to songs, obviously, but this this style of art is not really something people do a mm -hmm. whole lot of, and really enjoyed hearing it. Yeah, and it is kind of funny, like if you uh, coming from a, a long time Mac Miller fan, just seeing like his transformation of like being like you know somewhat immature pop rap that he did on like his early stuff like uh, like best day ever and kids um granted i th i think it's really great but it, that that's what it was it was pop rap um and then seemed to like transform from that to like this borderline like experimental rapper and kind of like a progenitor to like the modern emo mumble rapper in a way yeah fair it enough. has been wild and this is the album all of these mumble rap guys want to make. Yeah. And I, I do really think this is Mac Miller's best album ever. It breaks my heart that he'll never get to hear it and that we're not going to get any more. So, so let's, 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 let's touch on that. You said the, the producer, I mean, fantastic job. You know, how much of this 
you know, how much of this do you think he'd approve of? Like, I mean, obviously he wrote all this, the lyrics, and mm-hmm. I think the production complements the lyrics amazingly. Uh, I they were made fan, from but... conversations he had with Max, so it wasn't entirely wasn't out of the blue. So, like, he at least had these conversations with him. I, I have to imagine Mac would approve of this album. Yeah, and I mean, I, either way, I don't think it takes away from it because I think. The art stands on its own. This is this is a fantastic album. And the regardless, album, the but, album was um, a sister album to his his previous, the last one he did before he died, uh, uh, "Swimming," and they are very similar in style. I think this one is uh, "Circles" is just a strictly better one, though. A very similar style, but it's just an improvement in every way. I mean, this this album made me super happy that I have not listened to Matt Miller before because. I still have unlistened to music from him. It's like, I can go backwards and still get some more. I mean, this has got to be just devastating for his fans to hear that. And it's like, are you shitting me? This is this is like this is like Kurt Cobain kind of levels of yeah. what the fuck. What, yeah. And as I was listening to it, um, I, I had kind of a morbid image in my head of his, you know, friends and family members, you know, at his funeral or afterward and hearing this and what that I means bad enough for us i mean it's a very emotional yeah, i can't imagine i can't imagine what it would be like to be a loved like, one of his and to hear this album like, you would destroying. be you yeah. would be in tears like yeah. um the I, producer I, john what yeah. was was a very close friend of mac that must have been Rude. awful yeah. to, to make this without him I, I i i wrote down somewhere unless this it's just like you know say this with respect not trying to be crass here but like I can understand how this guy overdosed. Like it, it, you can but, hear it in the music. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can, you can, you you get that sympathy for him right off the bat. There, like, wow, yeah, and and shit. Last week we spent a lot of time talking about being genuine. This is this is genuine. Well, this is one of the most genuine pieces of music I've heard in quite some time. I mean, especially with the incredibly sad context of the release, it's just like. Ooh, it comes straight. You you know yeah. he, he felt every word here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, um, you remind me of a story. Um, his family was the first to hear this album. When John finished yeah, it, man. he showed it to them um, to ask, like, do we want to release this? Yeah. His family decided, that, yeah, they, they did want to. Because uh, they, they didn't... They were very uh, clear that, like, they didn't want to do shit like they did to... XXX Tentacion just put out a blatant cash grab of Jesus garbage yeah. after his death. Um, and I was afraid that that's what this album was going to be when I first heard it, that it was announced. Then when I heard the single Good News, I was like, okay, at the, it might still be, but at the very least, there's some good music on here. And then hearing the whole album, it's like, this is not a cash grab at all. This is on Max career highlight. It would be it would be a tragedy if this had not come out. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. This is the opposite of a cash grab kind of album. This is an yeah. extremely touching send off for yeah. that artist. It is, yeah. And 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 one more note about you know, uh, Eric and I not being really familiar at all with Mac Miller, um, but despite not knowing much about him other than that he exists and he was popular, I feel like listening to this album, I, I feel like I kind of knew him in a way uh, or at least um you know could he, he seems like someone i could understand or someone i could i could talk to or at least know kind of what they're going through um i think you know uh as crazy as that sound i think that was really conveyed really amazingly well in this album yeah it's you just it's like you yeah. it's like you're watching a movie of his life i mean even though it's just lyrics and but you can hear 
I mean, you can hear it, you know, it's, it's so, it's so uh, fitting to, you know, obviously the terrible context in which this album was released, but. I think this is also so, so topical now. And like, and you know, maybe, maybe to tie it back to, to Eminem here, here too. And so I I think both of these albums primarily focused on like personal problems versus maybe more systemic societal kind of problems. Because I mean, mental health is a big problem this generation's facing. Oh, oh certainly. So, like, I mean, there's a really good way to handle those kind of problems and there's a really bad way to handle those kind of problems. And I feel like they were both kind of highlighted this week. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> that's actually a really good point. Very well said. Yeah, that was, uh, I actually really agree. Um, this definitely, um, uh, music to be murdered by is what happens when you don't properly handle abuse and mental health problems. And this is a little bit more of a positive take on processing those problems. And, and maybe not even from the artist, like, I'm, I'm not here to say Eminem is not handling any issues he has appropriately or anything, but but from the consumer side, like, if, if, I'm, if I'm in a dark place, I'm having, you know, these issues and stuff, one of these albums is a much better listen than the other. Yeah. Like, one of these is, is very much in the right direction versus... Credit is why one of them, I think, is a significantly stronger album. Coming from, I, I enjoyed both of these albums this week, but I enjoyed this one so much more. Yeah, this absolutely wins. By a landslide. This definitely wins the battle of unexpected rap albums. Oh, yeah, I mean, this was... I mean, this, this for me, might be the new gold standard for a posthumous album. Not that I really had one before, but I, I think any time they put something out after this, it's it's gonna, how does it hold up to this album? I, I I compare this album a lot to David Bowie's Black Star, even though Black Star, I suppose, isn't technically a posthumous album, because it was finished and released before he died, granted about 36 hours before he died. This um, one hits a little harder for me though, just because the music is so relevant still. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bowie's maybe not super relevant in 2020, 2019. When it came out, but I mean, they're they're both very much similar quality. similar vein, very high quality, tremendous ways for two incredibly respected artists to, to go out. To me, Bowie kind of has this, this those almost like the Queen vibes though, where it's kind of like we got to get this thing out before I go, kind of mm-hmm. where whereas this is, you know, this is hey, we've got some recordings. Do we do we put the album out and you know, I would, in the future, when people are making this decision, that do we put the album out, really, can we make something like this or not? That's the, and I, I said, okay, let, let's talk about criteria here. For me, great album has to do something that's like new, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There has to be something, and and that's the, the hard point I have is that, you know, I don't know if there's necessarily anything revolutionary here to take it from extremely good to great. But, but that might almost qualify for me in that just the context of, of its release was like, this was, it might be great in the fact that for me, it kind of redefines the idea that a posthumous album can be quality. This is going to be kind of a, a terrible conversation. If this album wasn't a posthumous album and Mac Miller was still around, would this album be as good? I would say it's like 95%. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think it's a great question. I think it would still be a really solid album. Maybe not. I will admit that I think, you know, the circumstances of it do I mean, add to it. It's pretty much impossible to ignore the yeah, context. Exactly. The context is what gives it the greatness factor for me. And so that's why I say it's 95% as good because I think it stands on its own regardless of that. 
but its long-lasting maybe cultural impact, so to say, comes from the fact that he died. Yeah. Unfortunate, but that's true. That, yeah. I, I do think this album would still be really good if Mac was still alive. It, like, for example, would not have changed my ratings at all if he yeah. was still alive. This album would would be, it'd still win this week and it'd still be in the same place on my list, regardless. Tremendous final album. Rest in peace, Mac. I don't think I have anything else to Anybody say about this. Final, final statements? Yeah, I mean, I think we all, I would probably say that we agree this is the best album we've heard so far this year. We've only heard four, but yeah, yeah this pretty, was, this pretty clearly. Well, thank you everyone very much for listening and again, listening again this week. We will be back next week with a new week and new music. We will be listening to Apocalyptica's Cello and Breaking Benjamin's Aurora. Join us next week, same time, same place. Have a good night.